that was our good friend uh, Dean Slider, and uh, very interesting. I mean, he covered a a, a, a lot of ground, and uh, obviously an area he's given a, a lot of thought to. And it's very kind of adventuresome to go out and actually teach meditation on one's own and, and give guidance in those areas. But uh, he seems to have a very balanced uh, and uh, well-developed perspective on it. Well, there's something to be said for nearly half a century of exploration and research and participation and um, learning. So um, he brings it all to the table. And I'm sure, you know, people have uh, quibbles, but um, he's providing a service for many people who uh, would not necessarily be reached or uh, by more traditional channels. Mm -hmm. Dean, uh, you know, is one of the uh, number of independent teachers not attached to a particular lineage. And, um, you know, he's, 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 he's reaching people who would not otherwise be reached. Mm -hmm. And I should say, uh, uh, you know, from years ago, back in the late 70s, early 80s, whatever, or through the 80s and into the 90s, I think, uh, well, Dean was a, a teacher at the Pingree School, which is a very well-known private high school in New Jersey. Uh, he taught a course where they read books like Siddhartha <laughs> and, uh, and and Lost Horizons and The Razor's Edge and, uh, you know, books on spirituality. And as part of the uh, uh, coursework in, in his class, which was an elective, kids learned to meditate. And I think he, right. like 80 kids a year learned meditation at the school. And right. he had a huge influence there, and it was very uh, well-received. Matter of fact, I don't know, 20 years ago, I was visiting Dean in New Jersey, and I sat in on one of his classes, and it was it was terrific to have that in high school. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, he, in many ways, way ahead right. of time. I'm going to reveal <laughs> an inside story All right. now. We want uh, that. The course Dean taught was called, I think, something like the Literature of Enlightenment. Yeah. And um, I actually played some role in his uh, ending up getting that teaching job at, at Really? Tell, tell us the story. Well, no, I, I knew the headmaster, and he was looking for somebody, and I recommended Dean, so I didn't really have much to do with it, but I made the connection. So um, Dean was teaching... <laughs> the, something like the literature of enlightenment. And as you said, it was a wonderful thing. He was using works of uh, fiction and nonfiction and um, teaching them to meditate at that in those days, TM. So my first book comes out, and it's a book about TM, about transcendental meditation in the mid-late mid, 70s while he's teaching. And when he invents the course, we had a little inside joke that I always loved. The course description read something like, it described the course, and then it said, authors will include Faulkner, Salinger, I forget who else, and Goldberg. Goldberg. Because oh, <laughs> he used my book on TM as, as one of the sources, and we always loved that uh, that little inside joke. That's like being in the lineup with Manuel Maris and, uh, you know, 
That's right. That's uh, right. Muscarin or whatever, you know, so it's like <laughs> fantastic. You know what? I'm sure he made very good use of it. Now, now, it, it was a wonderful thing. I think all schools should have that. You know, the, I, I want to get back to one of the things I asked him about was, you know, my experience in teaching meditation is, and, and the reality was most people almost always love it, but few people uh, are regular with it. And I think it's the, the part of that is, unless you live in a family where everybody's doing it or in a community where everybody's doing that to support that, it's, it, it takes, uh, even if, if the, it's not a meditation technique that involves effort, there's effort that goes into to working it into your daily schedule. And, and uh, I think I always was regular with meditation because I tend to be a compulsive person. Uh, but, ha- <laughs> but had I not had that imbalance, uh, I don't know, you know, it would, and also I think the other thing that kept me going with meditation over the years was the uh, promise of higher states of consciousness that you were actually working towards something. But, but uh, what, what is your, was that your experience where most Actually, people... I always said, no, I, I agree, you know, keeping uh, people remembering to do it regularly. I, I run into that a lot and have over the years, and I've had to write about it and talk about it. Uh, regardless of the meditation technique. I mean, for one thing, one of the things I've noticed is uh, people find it, if they start to find meditation less pleasant, then they're more likely to stop. And one of the things I value about Dean's work is the emphasis on effortlessness and naturalness. I mean, we know from being uh, meditation teachers from the old days, that the more people try and the more they strain right. and the more they, they, they try to make something happen, the less pleasant it is and the less fulfilling. And then they're more likely to say, oh, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm going to stop. Um, that's one thing. The other thing I, I've noticed is that, you know, people just don't make the time. And um, every, everybody's lives are busier now than ever. And mm-hmm. so, Taking the time to set aside for meditation is even more of a challenge than it was in the 70s, and it was a big challenge then. And I always used to say that one of the things I'm grateful for is that when I learned to meditate, I didn't have any responsibilities. I was a single guy. I had some job where, you know, that was very flexible and I didn't, you know, have to commute or get on the subway and God knows no children to take care of. And I valued it very much. So I did it regularly long enough because it, 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 was, it had immediate benefit to me. I was right. so screwed up and I could feel it. And so I would keep doing it. And then <coughs> after a while, when it became routine, it, which is when people well, you know, people sort of, maybe they come to meditation because they have, they feel a lot of tension and they feel a lot of stress or their doctor tells them to, you know, and and, and once they get over those initial benefits, they think, well, I don't need this anymore. And they don't keep up with, you know, erroneously, they think that's, it's done its job and and they don't have a, a sense of, it, it continuing to benefit them over the, the long term. I did, that wasn't a problem for me in those days because I wasn't distracted by responsibility. Right, right. I, I, so I did it long that, enough to see the real value of it, yeah, no, and I, I was, continued to. I was home for the summer. It was like, you know, I had a job working at a swimming pool. I had 
also in, in the in the not not a lot of responsibility, you know. So and I and I had that for a few months, and and that got me some footing on it and and some regularity. Plus, I had. A but lot I, of I want to add to that, though, Dennis. Yeah. The other thing we had was the community factor, right. and you know we didn't get into that enough with with Dean. And one of the sort of interesting features of the modern spiritual scene is that people tend. You know, value their independence, and they're eclectic. They have many teachers, and they they are wary of uh, you know getting too caught up in, uh, in an organization or a tradition, and ha- you know, and and having to conform, and so they retain their independence. But the the downside of that is you can lose the connection to community, and it's being in a in the presence of community where you. You know, people reinforce these good habits of of meditating regularly and and staying on the path. So that's that's a challenge for for right. right. You know, it's interesting uh, uh, for our listeners that don't know this. Uh, Phil is in the midst of writing a uh, biography on uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, and one of the things I remember reading about him was that, toward, especially toward the end of his life, he was talking a lot about uh, communities. Uh, where like-minded yeah. people, people that, whose emphasis was meditation, was uh, self-realization, right. would live together and, and, and do all the things of life, but that it would be more reinforced when they had communities where that was valued. That's right. And you, could, and you meditate together, mm-hmm. which you know, it sort of amplifies the benefits. But the other thing you have often in community is a vision of a long-term value of uh, having a regular uh, spiritual practice, a sadhana, as 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 they would say in Sanskrit, and um, you know, this, it's not a, a coincidence that it, Buddha's teachings. You know, they talk about the three gems of Buddhism, and one of them is sangha, the community, mm-hmm. and so that's a that's a factor. Uh, now there's online communities. Maybe that's uh, helping us, uh, you know, in a certain mm-hmm. a certain sense, um, and. You know, people are having sort of more makeshift communities of like-minded mm-hmm. uh, souls, um, and there's still plenty of um, you know lineage groups. Uh, you know that uh, provide community. So right. you know, as as Dean was saying, you know, the, the having a guru, you know, can be a mixed. Affair where you there's benefits, but also hazards, and the same is true of community. Right, but and and it brings together people uh, that are like minded. Uh, I want to I want to share one thing with our listeners, and that is, uh, uh, years ago, back in the seventies, uh, the three of us, uh, Phil, yeah, and Dean, and, uh, <laughs> and we were all we were all in a, on a mountaintop in uh, in in Switzerland for eight weeks spending many hours every day in meditation. And one of our fellow uh, course participants who we had a lot of fun with was the comedian Andy Kaufman, who was a very serious meditator, very spiritual guy. And that was uh, quite uh, quite a uh, time. And it's where I really got to know you guys, you and, and Dean. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a great... And if anybody that has, has the opportunity uh, to, to go on uh, a, uh, a, a well-supervised... Uh, well-structured uh, program where you can really spend much of uh, every day in meditation and uh, and and sp- other spiritual activities and spiritual uh, readings and whatnot. Uh, 
it, 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 you can really get a tremendous amount out of it. Uh, yeah. So, but but that was a that was quite an experience on that. Well, yeah. What was it called? Um, actually, Tion Two Thousand. What was the name of the? I can't in? remember, but it was it was way up in the mountains. It was one of many that we would right. go on at those days. But it, that was particularly memorable because of the fun we had and right. uh, Andy's presence. Uh, but I should say that in Dean's book, in Natural Meditation, he has a chapter on retreats mm-hmm. um, and the the value of that. Um, and uh, many people know that there's many opportunities and places to do that independently or in the context of a spiritual organization. But I would emphasize, as you did, that you know it should be well supervised and well structured. And for uh, a, a new meditator or a beginning person to go off on his or her own, and you know to a campsite or a log cabin or something and just meditate all day may not be a best definitely would not recommend that (laughs) but wouldn't it be great if it's uh, you made me wish that we could uh interview andy yeah yeah well you know sometime we can come we do a show and tell stories or bring on some old friends that know him from uh, (laughs) the the his meditation days so anyway so uh another fun one and i want to say those listening Maybe out Tony there, Clifton is available. Yeah, one of his alter egos. I don't know. God knows what he would say. Uh, that might be a tough one. But uh, yeah, please uh, email us. Let us know uh, what you think, what you like, what you don't like, any recommendations for guests, because uh, we would uh, love to hear from you. And we have some wonderful shows coming up, And uh, but always open to suggestion. Uh, Till next time, Phil. Good to see you, Dennis, or see you. I'm not seeing you. Good to talk to you. Over and out. All right. Bye.